so many couples are so apprehensive about having those conversations or, you know, saying, look, I have a lot emotionally going on right now. So that's why I'm not physically available, you know, and they leave it unspoken. So then you have your partner thinking, oh, well, it's me or I'm doing something wrong. And it's like, the more you communicate, and the more transparent you are about your situation about, you know, whether it be an emotional standpoint or a physical standpoint, my fatigue is like, no, (laughs) you want to go for it. But me laying down is the extent of what I'm capable of doing right now. You know, having that open dialogue is imperative for a healthy physical relationship. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? I visit my neurologist's office at least once a year, and each time they have me do like this ranking thing of certain topics like spasticity and balance, numbness, a bunch of other stuff, and they have me walk a certain distance and they time it. So does this sound familiar to you, like them checking your reflexes and things? Now, My doctor has never asked me this, so I'm wondering from all of you listeners, has your doctor ever asked you about your libido? What about genital sensitivity, sensations, vaginal lubrication, or erectile dysfunction? What about any difficulties with having an orgasm? Did you even realize these could be related to MS? Now, research is limited on this area, I'm not going to lie, but according to the Cleveland Clinic, up to 80% of women and 90% of men with MS experience some type of sexual dysfunction. When I read that, I was really surprised because nobody's really brought this up to me at the doctor's office. Lesions in the cortex and spinal cord may lead to numbness or pins and needles in the genitals, causing loss of libido decreased vaginal lubrication and erectile issues, certain medications also, and different psychological, psychosocial variables may also interfere with sexual performance or satisfaction. But we can't always point fingers at the doctors. Sometimes we really need to do this research ourselves and ask the questions. My guest today has no qualms about that when it comes to sharing her thoughts around this topic or really any other. Brittany believes that you cannot possibly help guide others through MS challenges if you're too afraid or embarrassed to face them yourself. And after her diagnosis of MS in 2019, she went to work making something beautiful out of something not so pretty. She calls herself a hot MS, and (laughs) she shares her life honestly and transparently to help others. Let's chat it up with Brittany. Hi, thank you so much for being here with me today. Having me, sweetie. 
I have been, of course, seeing you on socials and everything. And when I see you, you really don't have any qualms about sharing what's going on with you. And I really... I really value that. So let's get started so people can get to know you a little bit better. Will you share your diagnosis story with me and the listeners? Sure. I was diagnosed in September 2019. My diagnosis period was super, super fast. I know a lot of people when they're initially going through that diagnosis period, some people it takes months and even years of advocating something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong with their doctors. And it's like this grandiose game of clue. I was fortunate enough to be diagnosed within a little more than three weeks. It was under a month. So diagnosed in September 2019, was not super familiar with much about multiple sclerosis at all, but knew for years prior to that that something was wrong. But again, you're young, you're in your 20s, you're like, oh, I'm just tired. Oh, that's what bodies do. Bodies are weird. So I swept everything under the rug and ignored everything until it was summer of 2019. I took a really bad fall down the stairs and I landed right on my tailbone. It was a few weeks before my husband and I were due to get married. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. I'm going to walk down the aisle looking like a Disney witch (laughs) because my back's all jacked up. And I noticed that I was having balance problems after the fall and I couldn't get my left leg into my underpants when I was standing to put my underwear on. And I said, you know what, I'll go to the doctor. It's probably just a slip disc or something. And my primary, who was with Kaiser at the time, he kept pushing, you know, I want you to see a neurologist. I want you to see a neurologist. I'm like, guy, look, fell down the stairs. Boom. It's a slip disc. End of story. And he kept saying, you know what, I'd feel more comfortable if you had an eval by a neurologist. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, fine. Saw the neurologist immediately. Okay, we need to get you in for MRIs. I'm like, what part of fell down the stairs? Y'all not understanding. <laughs> you know, everybody was not focused on the fall. I'm like, fall, that's the biggest concern for me right now. Did the MRIs and uh, it was an MS baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot all at once. Yeah, it sounds like it. What kind of symptoms were you having prior? I mean, other than the fall. Oh, gosh. Mobility issues, falling constantly. The ground was my friend. I've been tripping over air for years, just over nothing. Memory problems, could never remember things. Just memories from like my own life. My folks and friends around with me constantly remind me, hey, remember when we did this? Or remember that time? (laughs) I don't know. I don't remember. What else? Weird tingling sensations, numbness, confusion, which I now know is brain fog, but I was just like, am I growing stupid? Is that possible? No, don't say it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just times and days where, you know, I couldn't find a noun to save my life. Just weird stuff. But again, you're you're busy, you're working full time, you know, it's just something that you just think, oh yeah, it's nothing, and you just blow it off. Yeah. What do you what do you do for work? Well, I was working full-time as an administrative assistant at a mortgage bank. So I've done a lot of clerical jobs, administrative office positions, assistant manager, and whatnot. Since my diagnosis, I've done a complete career change to motivational speaker, and now I'm a patient advocate and writer for the MS community. So uh, 
totally different career paths now. <laughs> and, you know, it's so funny that I talked to some people about that and they're like, I'm so much more fulfilled now. Like I have MS, but now I have all this purpose and I've changed my life as a result. Do you feel the same way? Absolutely. I think people always say, okay, well, if you had the, you know, the opportunity to remove it from your life, would you? And I said, absolutely not. I feel more grounded and more secure in my purpose of what I was meant to do now than prior. Because even prior, you know, with these office positions, I always told my husband and my family, I'm like, this is not what I'm supposed to do. This is not where, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm like, this is not where God wants me at all. But, you know, you just kind of go through the motions and everything. So I felt stagnant. I felt stuck. I felt unfulfilled as far as purpose and wanting to give back. And, you know, cultural society now is so different where it's all me, me, me and instant gratification. Everybody wants it now. And I'm like, I'm just not, that's not my jive. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is definitely where I'm where I'm supposed to be. And don't get me wrong, some days suck. And it's it's really hard. But it's it's where I'm supposed to be at. Do you have a lot of lingering symptoms, right? It, it worsened. It's going to be getting worse. And I say that because, you know, it's June, Southern California. We live in Riverside County. It's very, very hot in the Inland Empire. So it's going to get bad. Summers are never fun for me. I see. Yeah, that he is brutal. And you know what? What else is you mentioned that this happened right around when you were getting married. What was your stress level at that time? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Okay, well, obviously, that gave you like some sort of subtext into the reality of my mental state at the time. It was uh, it was a lot because you know, you you go from this high, high, high place of joy and, and happiness and thinking, oh, you're on cloud nine, you know, we had an amazing wedding, we had a beautiful honeymoon in July. And then things kept happening. And I remember things happening when we went on our honeymoon in Cancun with the heat. And I was really slowing down and slowing down and slowing down. Now that had been happening for years and years and years. But that year, everything seemed to have been amplified. Mm -hmm. It was a lot. And then we slowly started, you know, going to the doctor and everything. And you're on this, this place of peace and bliss and happiness and the unicorns and the birds chirping and then it's like but wait dun 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 so yeah it was a it was a little bit of emotional whiplash i'm i'm very blessed to have an incredibly supportive patient and loving spouse he's he's my rock i don't know how i would have done this without him i really don't sometimes i can get very very wallowy self pitiful in the negative space he's the complete opposite he's super chill very optimistic and positive and yeah yeah we need those people <laughs> oh yeah totally. you need cheerleaders yeah i'm usually that person in the conversation but i need people to do it for me too so i got to seek those people out and yeah. i surround myself with all that that type of vibe so let me understand. You get married in 2019, 2020 pandemic. So your newlywed situation is during the pandemic. I heard there's a lot of babies produced during that time. And being a newlywed, I'm just thinking like, how was your sex life? It was great. It was really, really great. I had noticed after I started medication for MS things began to change. Ooh, tell me more. 
being physical with your partner is for women, it's a very emotional thing. And when you're not emotionally there, it's difficult to want to bring something to the table because it's like I'm stuck in my own, you know, emotional chaos of what I'm trying to process. So he was extremely, extremely patient. Him and I, I stress this so much and tell couples so many times just through chatting with people that I connect with, you know, on on a hot MS online and stuff is communication is key. Oh my gosh. So many couples are so apprehensive about having those conversations or, you know, saying, look, I have a lot emotionally going on right now. So that's why I'm not physically available, you know, and they leave it unspoken. So then you have your partner thinking, oh, well, it's me or I'm doing something wrong. And it's like, the more you communicate, and the more transparent you are about your situation about, you know, whether it be an emotional standpoint or a physical standpoint, my fatigue is like, no, (laughs) you want to go for it. But me laying down is the extent of what I'm capable of doing right now. You know, having that open dialogue is imperative for a healthy physical relationship. So as a woman, if I withdraw from my partner, a lot of times you think, like you said, it's me and they're not thinking it's the other person and it hurts your ego a little bit or you feel rejected. And I don't care if you're a woman or a man, when someone says no, and you're in a serious relationship, that's what it feels like. It doesn't feel like, oh, you know, you you don't have the energy because who doesn't want to do that? It's (laughs) who doesn't want to have some sex. I think what you're saying about the communication is super necessary. And that's difficult. And I think on the part of the person with MS, And also on the partner because they don't know how to approach it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. I noticed that once I started, so I originally started, we were with Kaiser at the time during my initial diagnosis. So I was taking Rituxin. That was the only medication that they offered at the time for, I guess, a progression of MS. So basically on onset, I, my symptoms and I don't know, I guess quality of life at the time was far surpassed what minimal medications would have been able to assist. I needed to go right into the stronger stuff. So Rituxin at the time is what Kaiser offered. And then the following year, we changed insurance. So now I'm on Tysabri. But since both of those medications, sensitivity (laughs) <laughs> where where did that go <laughs> really so oh what do you gosh. what do you do to get it back you know i have noticed i i am not one to enjoy taking prescription medications i would prefer to do everything holistically and naturally uh, i just don't it's just my thing. I just, I want to keep my body as organic as, as humanly possible. You know, minus diving into non-pearls and chocolate ice cream on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> that is medicine. Oh, I know. Seriously. Oh, it's so good. But it's, yeah, no, I, I, I went hard last night with some chocolate that mom and I got at Trader Joe's. And I'm like, that was a bad idea. I'm like chocolate hungover. It's so awful. Yeah. You know what I found was I'm a total advocate for cannabis products, CBD products, and I've noticed Notice that the CBD or CBD mixed with a little bit of cannabis, it completely brings everything back. Stop. Totally changes. Okay. That's that's a big deal, right? It's huge. Yep. I've never heard anybody mention that before. 
And so this is new. Okay, so what do we say? Like a newsflash, everyone. This is a thriving, <laughs> a thriving moment right here. So okay, so that's really and you're in California, so it's readily available to you, right? Yeah, we have great dispensaries, local, even just for pure CBD only, with no THC involved, all natural, organic. You know, no harsh chemicals. You still have to be really careful. I know dispensaries are popping up in in states where you know cannabis products and marijuana are legal. But still make sure you're doing your homework about distribution, where it's being produced and what exactly is going into these products, because there's so many of them that claim that they're just the cannabis or just the CBD products. And then you look at the ingredients and there's so much more crap that's in there. It's like, no, How you're lying. interesting. Like, <laughs> I guess you would think of it as any other supplement you would take, right? And yeah. looking at where those are derived from. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Learning so much from you, Brittany. Oh my goodness. Okay. So preparing for this conversation and doing my research, I stumbled upon something that was saying the loss of sensitivity in people with MS, if you use a vibrator like a certain amount, like a 30 minutes, so many times a week or something that might also stimulate some type of feeling. Have you heard this before? I haven't heard it. And I think it depends on the body. I think it depends on the age. I think it depends on what parts of your anatomy go numb. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times I have numbness in my inner thighs or the back of my butt. You know, it, it just, it depends. It's just weird. It's funny. The numb spots kind of move. They'll shift. So what may be numb today may not be numb tomorrow. It may be the side of my face or, you know, a foot or my knee or my hand or my leg or something like that. But no, parts of my, you know, my, my lady parts, they, they go numb also. Interesting. Yeah. Like they're asleep that those pins yeah. and needles. Totally. Totally. Yeah. When I was first diagnosed, it was actually the day I went in for an initial MRI. So I was between doctors and this guy goes, sounds like you might need an MRI. Sent me in for like a 30 minute scan. Okay. So yeah. that day randomly, like I had lost bladder function and I had no feeling in my lady parts either. Let's just say that. And I'm like, oh my God. It was shocking to me that that was impacted. I mean, I, yeah. I had no idea what to do. And my I couldn't really wear a regular bra either because I couldn't feel like I have I'm well endowed and I have to wear an underwire and I couldn't wear one because of the sensation that it made against my skin. Yeah. So. It, it's just, I think, like you said, it's going to be different for each person about what works for them to get that back. But yeah. I know that you, you're going through a whole bunch more stuff than just the MS. And you've been pretty vocal about sharing your thoughts about this. So you had some type of like preventative bilateral mastectomy situation. Could you talk a little bit about that and why you went through the procedure? Totally. So this again, it's like 2019 and 2020 just were not for me. Like, I want a refund on those years. <laughs> MS diagnosis, September 2019. 
January 2020, first mammogram. Did the mammogram. They originally come back and they're like, okay, well, your your breast tissue is super, super dense. So we want to do a biopsy. I'm like, yay. Okay. Please shove a needle into my tit. Sorry. <laughs> so not cool. And biopsy came back fine, but I guess my, my breast tissue was so dense with cysts. They were just full of cysts that they said, okay, well, you know, you're probably going to be looking at biopsies every six months. They're like, well, how's your history of breast cancer? I'm like, well, it's, it's pretty ugly. It's, it's not anything, you know, to, to brag about. So they said, well, you, based on your family tree and, you know, what we're already finding as far as issues, you know, through your mammograms and scans, you're eligible for genetic testing. Do you want to do it? I'm like, yes, let's do it. Did genetic testing came back with a 65% chance of developing check two breast cancer. So with already a horrific family tree, plus the genetic testing, plus the fact that my breast tissue looks like you were trying to uncode the Da Vinci code, it was like a no brainer. I'm like, okay, what are my options? Yes, you're eligible for a preventative bilateral mastectomy. In my head, it was, you know, I already have MS. I don't need another problem. Sure. I made the decision rather fast that, you know, friends and family were kind of concerned, I guess, of saying, wow, she's really jumping the gun on this. Is she really thinking this through? If I didn't have MS, I probably wouldn't have made this choice. But again, I already have a huge issue. I'm not going to, you know what, I'm going to retract that. I'm going to suck that back in my face. I don't have a huge issue. I have a struggle that I'm navigating around and I'm navigating it well and I'm figuring it out. Yes. So. So that was already something that I was, you know, navigating around and figuring out. So in August of 2020, we did the bilateral mastectomy. They removed all my breast tissue. I had amazing, amazing surgeons and doctors. They were wonderful in Mission B, California. So at the same time as they took everything out, breast surgeon took everything out. My plastic surgeon, we did silicone, or I'm sorry, we did saline implants. Okay. And initially, I did not want to do reconstruction. I'm very earthy, organic, likes to walk around the woods barefoot kind of chick. My husband and I, we got married. I was barefoot on a mountain. So in my head, it was my breasts are gone. I don't need to put my body through more hell replicating something that's never going to be authentic and is never going to be genuinely me anyways. Totally different topic, but there is there was a lot of uh, shame in my experience, dealing with different surgeons and talking to different doctors as far as flat shaming goes, oh, well, you're in your early 30s and you don't want to look like that and we can do this and make it look like, you know, they can look really natural. And in my head, my instincts, like I can't even explain how on point my instinct was of saying, you have MS, don't put something foreign in your body. Foreign objects are going to cause inflammation. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I'll be honest, I got swayed and pressured. So I just shut up and did it and went along with, I guess, what I view as societal expectations of what a woman is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. So it was winter of 2020 where it just wasn't sitting well with me. So I had a meeting with my my surgeon and he's like, okay, well, we can, we can swap them out for smaller. I had very, very large breasts naturally. I was a 36 triple D. So I was big and trying to replicate that size of a breast with an implant that's not natural was just, it, it, it's like tying a water balloon around your neck and safety pinning it to your chest. 
<laughs> it's it's not going to feel right. It's not going to feel natural. It's not going to look natural. It's just foreign. So January 2021, we took out the saline and we put low profile silicone implants. By April of 2021, everything changed. My brain fog was getting 10 times worse. My fatigue was so bad that I would sleep 10 to 12 hours, wake up around nine, not physically get out of bed till about 1030, wake up, have a cup of coffee, lie on the couch until about 1pm, maybe get up and, and teach a lesson or something. I'm a voice teacher as well. And then I'd be on the couch for the rest of the day. I'm like, something is wrong. <laughs> Symptoms that summer kept progressing. I couldn't remember having conversations with people the day before. I would meet somebody, you know, in our community, see them a week later, and I wouldn't know who they were. So my mental cognition was just deteriorating. Muscle pain, joint pain. Now with MS, I never had any pain. Things would just go numb or ghost me. My legs would just be like, peace out, lady. I'm going to go, you know, you know, being ghosted by your own limbs is like super fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's like, I'm looking at you, but you're not really there. Yeah. But you know, I never had any pain. So joint pain, muscle pain, chest pain. I felt like I couldn't get a deep breath. Weird aversions to food. It was bizarre. Just my stomach just was, my whole GI system was just not, not doing well at all. So I had noticed in the colder weather too, my joints just ached. It was awful. Now I come from a family that we, you know, a lot of us collect autoimmune diseases. We collect them all. My mother has fibromyalgia. She goes, gosh, Britt, you're, you know, everything you're telling me sounds like fibro. Why don't you see a rheumatologist? Saw a rheumatologist up at Cedar sinai and he's like, when did all these symptoms start? And I'm like, well, April, May. And just in light of conversation, I I find it easy to explain like in chronological order, the progression of what has happened to me medically from the MS diagnosis on. So I mentioned the mastectomy and immediately his eyes kind of perked up and he's like, did you do reconstruction? And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, what did you do? I'm like, well, we did saline, took him out, did silicone. And the second I said silicone, Edie, he was like, that's it. And really? I'm like, what do you mean? Wow. I have a feeling this is all related to the silicone. He's like, you have an autoimmune condition, you have MS, anything foreign in the body, including silicone, even though, you know, it's FDA approved and everything, it still contains, you know, traces of, of numerous metals that can contribute and exacerbate inflammation, which wreaks havoc on neurological conditions. So right after that conversation, this was like fall of 2021 had a meeting with my breast surgeon and said, I'm done, we're taking them out. So May 3rd, so a month, a month and a day ago was explant. And I could have done fat transfer. But again, you run the risk of your body absorbing the fat, fat necrosis and all that stuff. So I'm like, you know what, I should have listened to my gut. Mm -hmm. From the, So it's been about 32 days since that surgery and about 99% of my problems are gone. So praise Jesus there. I'm so glad you got to the right person who realized what was going on and you were able to take care of that and that they got everything out and you were able to 
you know, recover. I'm so happy about that. And it makes me think about other people out there and how many of them are just saying, well, this is my MS and not thinking about that it could be implants or a transplant of some sort or whatever. Yep. I am lucky in the fact that I've always been very, very body sensitive. That kind of goes back to why medication, pharmaceutical medications do not sit well with my body. Healing from this surgery was I honestly think it was worse than the initial mastectomy. My body does not do pain medication well. It just rips my stomach apart. It causes all sorts of constipation, fecal impaction to the point where I either need to be hospitalized and, and, you know, fire in the hole sort of situation (laughs) to just reduce risks of like sepsis. It was like that bad. So, oh. Yeah, it was it was a lot. But yeah, you don't think, you know, oh, well, all these little contributing factors, you know, can have an impact on inflammation and exacerbating, you know, the struggles that we already deal with Mm -hmm. food and, you know, maintaining an anti-inflammatory diet and staying alkaline. And it's super hard. I mean, you know, a Big Mac is 60 percent cheaper than a salad, which still like mind screws the crap out of me. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me real quick, this is a side note, but you said alkaline water and I happen to drink that and I get, I did get Lemtrada this, so they do my blood work every month and I'm always looking at my pH. And when I started drinking the alkaline water, it started to get normal. So I am thinking it's that, but what do you know? Absolutely. I mean, you can either buy, you know, the alkaline water at the store, or you can make your own just with lemon, you know, lemon, lemon water, lemon in water is always going to put your body in alkaline state. I swear. I wish my mother was a part of this conversation because she's like a pioneer for clean eating. This woman, she's in her fifties and she looks like she's in her thirties. It's incredible. She's a Martian. She drinks a lot of water, obviously. Water. She eats super clean. Everything is organic, you know, whole food vitamins, nothing synthetic, very, very minimal, you know, pharmaceutical medications. Everything is just natural and organic. So we're like, we're happy little hippies. I was going to say, you guys sound like you're one with the earth, so <laughs> which is lovely, really. Okay, so my big thoughts about this whole thing, right, from the MS to the breast reconstruction and the, I look at you and you're a very attractive lady. You have this super outgoing personality (laughs) and you have tattoos all over your body. You do. I see them. You cannot hide them. It's impossible. So a couple of questions about those. So I don't know what it looked like on your chest area and your breasts with your tattoos. So I have two questions. So I want to know about that. I, I, I don't know what you want to share with me, but I also want to know why. Why the tattoos? What does it bring to your life? Well, so I grew up in the performing arts. So I've been singing and performing, writing music from a very, very young age. I grew up in the theater world in New York and Boston and L.A. So I was a thespian. So we're, we're all artsy-fartsy. My mother's a professional pianist. My grandparents were musicians. My grandmother was a model. You know, a family on my on my dad's side played instruments and, and you know, woodworking and painting and all sorts of stuff. So... We're all artsy fartsy kind of people. But no, the I think the the culture of body art in general in Southern California is way more predominant than in other parts of the US. So I think that that definitely had a contributing factor to the interest in in body art. 
when we moved out here. So we moved from Boston to Huntington Beach, actually, when I was, I I was 13. I was almost 14, I believe. And uh, yeah, there's tattoo shops all over the place. So I started getting one and one. And it's so true. Once they say that you start, you don't stop. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's contagious. Yeah, definitely. Like I've always been, you know, an advocate for self-acceptance and self-expression. There is this stigma attached and associated with people with body art that, oh, they've been to prison and oh, they, you know, they're drug users and, you know, they party hard. And it's like, I have never been arrested. I don't drink just because I like to be in control and I'm weird about what goes in my body. I've never done drugs. So it's funny to have those conversations with people that they go, oh, wow, you're really nice. Or, oh, wow, you're really normal. It's like, what do you think? <laughs> like, that I'm just like this felon, <laughs> you know? And it's it's fun. It's fun to break that uh, associative stigma, I guess. But no, man, I'm just, I, I've never fit in, ever. I was always picked on in school. I was small enough to fit inside lockers. Okay. I'm not even kidding. Like, my school, I, I gosh, I can't remember. I think it may, it may have been fifth grade, but... They had to call the fire department because somebody locked me in the locker and then they turned the little, you know, the little lock. So I was in there, but a fire department got me out. Oh, my Lanta. (laughs) That is, are you claustrophobic (gasps) now? How are your MRIs go? Now I am. You know what? And it's so funny because I never associated with the factors that would have made me claustrophobic. But no, you getting me in an MRI machine is like trying to put a hamster in a toilet paper roll. It's like, (laughs) you know, it's this kind of (laughs) (laughs) Do you have to be sedated? They they do. They have to sedate. Wow, babe. Yeah. So MRI days are always like, well, I need to make sure that my husband takes off work because he drives me and then they drug me and then shove me in the machine. Oh, I could just go back and talk to those people oh my that God. put you in the locker. That's ridiculous. As an educator, the fact that there was no supervision when that happened is making me so cringe um, because you shouldn't have had to go through that. Yeah, but you know what? It's like everybody goes through stuff and everybody's like, oh, you shouldn't have had to. And it's like, I am who I am today based on multiple factors that contributed to giving me resilience, giving me you know, the ability to laugh at myself, the ability to, to be stubborn enough to fight through something hard. It's like, I don't think that anything happens in anyone's life that's not supposed to happen. I'm that advocate for divine intervention and everything happens for a reason. Even the sucky stuff that doesn't, you know, make sense always. Yeah. I It's hard when I was younger, especially to hear those words, like everything happens for a reason. I just was like, I don't want to believe that I'm predestined and all that stuff. Like I took it to the extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in reality, you know, we make our own destiny and this happens so I can learn from it. And so I think that's probably a lot of attributing factor to the fact that you're such a brave and courageous woman now. And we're able to say, yeah, I 65% and I have MS. Yeah, I'm I'm going to take my boobs yeah, out. Yeah. No it was a no, absolutely. It was a no brainer. But it's like, you know, when you're growing up, you know, when they ask you at school, what do you want to be? Astronaut, firefighter, doctor, nurse, teacher. You don't say advocate for crappy disease. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't exist. But my point is, is that you're going to be handed things in life that are either going to shape you or break you by 
looking at it, I think, from a different lens and a different perspective and saying, you know what? Yeah, this is crap. I feel like I and trust me, there, there are days where I totally feel shortchanged, where I can't do something as easy as I used to do it. I'm not going to say, oh, well, I can't do that anymore because I can't remember who I was talking with a couple of days ago, but I said, if you want to do something bad enough, you'll figure out a way. If you want to be a bat really, really bad, you'll figure out how to bungee yourself from your ceiling and hang upside down if you really want to be yeah. a bat. You know what I mean? So I think it's all about, you know, kind of being comfortable chameleonizing yourself into the situations and and stuff that make you happy and bring you joy and not to look at your diagnosis as an excuse of, oh, well, I have a mess, so I can't do that. Or, or oh, I don't have breasts anymore, so I can't wear something low cut. It no looks way. great. It looks amazing. After making the decision with my surgeon to go flat, I got online and I was looking, you know, at like flat advocates and stuff. And I saw so many women that are like, well, I can't wear this anymore because of this. And I can't wear this anymore because of that. And I'm like, dude, why? Why are you making rules for yourself to fit into a box of what is culturally acceptable of having breasts? It's so dumb. Just do you. Do you, boo? (laughs) (laughs) Do you, boo. I I think that it is really difficult for so many people because they've been, you know, stigmatized their whole life into living this. Yes. Yes. And that kind of change is just so difficult. And a lot of our inner self comes from our, how people treat us because of our outer. And it's almost like just wish everybody was blind for a minute. So we didn't judge based upon what people look like. Um, not that I wish blindness on people, but I think, you know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. It's that, it's that innocent way of thinking without motive. (laughs) So I didn't expect our our conversation to be so smooth today. I had all of these questions and things planned. (laughs) I want to make, I want to make sure that I mentioned. So one of the things you told me is that authenticity is consistent. You have to be consistent with it. It requires no pre-planning or ulterior motives, just be you. And I think that really summarizes everything you've shared with me. I It it just makes sense based on your whole persona. It shouldn't be work to be authentic. No, exactly. Social media is such a blessing, but I think it's also, it can be used wrong. And I want to preach it, I guess, maybe to the younger generations of of having them have a better understanding that, you know, it's not about filters and, you know, selfies. And it's like, I, you know, here I am, I'm with you right now. I have nothing on my face. I haven't showered today and I'm rocking it. Yes. And that's okay. Yes. You know, so having that self-acceptance and that, that self-love, you do it for you. You have to do it for you when you're going into things for you know, the acceptance or the recognition of others, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. A hundred percent. It's very inauthentic to say the opposite. So we also, you know, I know your core value, if anybody hasn't guessed her core value is humor and love because it (laughs) No, really? I'm totally serious. (laughs) We've been laughing the entire hour. So this entire time has been amazing. And I want to share also what you had shared with me earlier about gratitude. 
And you said that counting your blessings can be tricky when navigating through health challenges, but it's based on your perception of your situation. So I, before we go, I'd really like you to share your thoughts a little bit about that, because I think it ties into what we were just saying even about how you perceive yourself, how you perceive all of this, the situation that you're. Right. I think it has to do with a lot of it has to do with being, having humility, having self humility, having, giving yourself grace, having patience with yourself, because with MS, you know, not every day is the same. Not every hour is the same. So if you want to see the negative, that's all you're going to be able to see is the negative. And trust me, I'm not like a pro at this. There are days where, you know, I'll have a conversation with my husband about some sort of thing that we're navigating through or struggling with. And I'm like, my, and he's like, Brit, you have to stop. And I'm like, but, 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 and I blame like the East coast Italian Scorpio. Like I got, I got a yes. right there. So God bless my very, very patient, patient, <laughs> so patient husband. But if you focus on the negative, of course, that's all you're going to see. If you look at an obstacle that you have, whether it be, okay, well, I can't do this anymore physically, or I can't do that anymore physically, find an ulterior way of accommodating it, of making it happen. Get creative. Think outside the box. I often tell people, like, I'm a huge angler. I love fishing. I'm like an avid bico fisher. But I can't go on a 50-pack half day with 50 grown men anymore. I'll get hurt. I'll fall. It just won't be, it won't be pretty. Am I still going to fish? Yeah, I might go on a half pack <laughs> with like 10 people where I can strap myself to a chair, you know, or, or strap myself to the side of the boat. Like I've, I've seen people do that with like fishing belts and whatnot. So it's like, I want to do it bad enough. I'm going to figure out a way of making it happen. But I think where people get dangerously stuck is in that woe is me. This sucks for me. Wah, 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 wah. And it's like, have your pity party, man. Have it. We all need it. Have the pity party, but put a cap on it. Don't let it continue. Mm -hmm. Put a cap, figure out what way you need to go to navigate how you want, you know, to get what you want and then attack it in a different way. Approach it in a different way. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I hear people talk about toxic positivity and let me tell you, that's not my message, right? I want to make sure we're recognizing the crap, but we need to move past it. So no, I can't dwell in that bad place. I've unfollowed quite a few people on Instagram because they just seem to stay there. No way. But I think, you know, embracing our victories just as much as our successes is super valuable and super important. Yeah, those victories are important. Okay, so you, you've only been diagnosed with MS for three years. I know that seems like a lifetime with it, but it is short in the scheme of the world. Yeah. To have the perspective that you have and be able to articulate it to others in such a way that you do is very special and unique. And I hope that you feel that in your heart. I really appreciate everything you've shared with us today. And I don't mean to be cheesy. I'm, I'm being very serious. So, I mean, I know personally know people who have met you from online and you have enhanced their life. Ah, oh, so let's see. And that's, that's honestly, it's been my mission and my goal. If I can use what I'm going through to, you know, impact other people, or it may not even be like this huge impact. It may just be, they approach that day mm -hmm. differently. That's enough. 
that is why I do what 100%. I do. 100%. So I heard you say today, communication is key. Be transparent about how you're feeling. MS, MS is a struggle I am navigating well. And we said that a couple times. And saying it out loud helps us own it. Nothing happens for no reason. Things will shape you or break you. I love that one. Things will shape you or break you. <laughs> Chameleonize yourself. That was cute. Don't make rules for yourself. And I think that that's really <laughs> important. Why are we doing that? Why? What is the purpose of yeah. that? Because rules are meant to be broken, right? What are you going to do? Punish yourself when you break one of the rules? And what does that look like? Yeah. So that is a poignant thing to say. Do it for you. Perspective is everything. And embrace your victories. Embrace them. So Brittany, thank you so, so much for being with us today. Can you please tell everybody where they can find you? Yes, you can find my <laughs> my constant <laughs> nonsense on www.ahotms.com as well as Instagram, Facebook. You can email me. My phone number's on there. I I told myself going into this that I was not going to be one of those, you know, advocates or, or I, I wouldn't consider myself an influencer per se. But apparently you, you think I'm cool. So maybe I have like a, maybe I have a, <laughs> I have an ability of doing that. But I told myself I was never going to be somebody that just posted all this stuff and doesn't connect with people. So I always encourage people message me, I will message you back, you will always get a video of me talking to you. I, I find that, you know, there's, there's only so much passion you can have behind thumbs. So I'm, I'm all for sending the the one on one video chat. So in podcasting, there's a thing that you're supposed to make your list of 100 guests, your dream list. And you are on my list. Oh my and God. yeah, so when I asked you if you wanted to be on the show, I didn't expect for you to even answer me. And what? so I really do, really do treasure seeing your journey and all that you do and offer to our community. Thank you so much for being here. You are a thriver. Thank you, love. And thank you for everything that you're doing. We need you. Keep doing what you're doing. We need you. Keep thriving, Brittany. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Keep thriving. Keep thriving.